Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. In this episode, I am so excited to get to speak to Jodie Shield. She is a performance coach. She's the author of the best-selling self-help book, Self-Care for the Soul. She's an inspirational speaker, a TEDx speaker, and she's the host of the Be Electric podcast. Now, I hope you will be as inspired as I was by Jodie's infectious positivity and her confidence. And we get into interesting topics such as what it means to be in flow. And maybe you've heard of this term, you know, being in flow. It's really the state of mind that we want to be in. And we talk about how to cultivate this more and more in our lives. We get into the topic of money, which still in 2020 is such a taboo topic, but it's a a real passion of Jodie's to speak about this and to help us to face our money demons and um, cultivate more abundance in our lives. And so we get into that topic. We also talk about consciousness hacking, and this is completely fascinating to me. I think you're going to be so intrigued by this topic. I'll leave it to Jodie to explain what that is, but it's something that we can all do. She's sharing the ways that she's consciousness hacking and and things that we can all do ourselves. And finally, Jodie shares her experience, her very transformational experience, in fact, of plant medicine. So if you want more tools and resources to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self, I've got loads of freebies on my website. You can head over to karmayou.com forward slash free. Enter your email address there and I will send you right away worksheets, audio downloads and podcast updates. So head over to karmayou.com forward slash free to get those goodies. So let's get into the interview with Jodie Shield. This episode is sponsored by my favourite activewear brand, Sweaty Betty. Their all-female design team source the best technical fabrics, which means their products perform under the toughest conditions and feel amazing on your skin. All products are also wearer trialled by female staff to ensure they perform and flatter and fit the female body. If the staff don't love it, it doesn't get made. There are so many activewear brands to shop from, but Sweaty Betty is special because all their products from run and yoga to swim and ski are engineered to last. This is not fast fashion, it's high quality. And I have several pieces from Sweaty Betty that I've had for years and I continue to wear and love. Sweaty Betty now has a host of sustainable products, including their Super Sculpt leggings made from post-consumer plastic bottles. Their Italian fleece has been replaced with a recycled cotton blend alternative and they are reducing the amount of consumer packaging sent to customers. Sweaty Betty are offering listeners 20% off when you enter the promo code KARMAYU on their website. You'll also find the link in the show notes. So 20% off at Sweaty Betty when you enter to the code karma you that's c-a-l-m-e-r-y-o-u check out their stuff i think you're gonna love it all right let's roll let's do it <laughs> welcome jody thanks so much for joining me how thank are you thank you so much i am feeling really good today actually um and i was yeah it's, it's valentine's day and uh self-love day i suppose so yeah I've bought uh, Chloe a lovely raw rose quartz crystal for her altar lovely thank I'm you buzzing off that Beautiful, beautiful. Um, can you share with us, maybe for people that don't know your work, what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Totally. So my journey has evolved enormously over the past six and a half years. Uh, and I know that you and I have been in business a similar amount of time, actually. And so we've both really evolved. It's been amazing to watch. So now I'm a performance and business coach, which I love because 
I'm from a family of entrepreneurs myself, and I work for 10 years in the ad industry as a business director, handling massive clients and big budgets. And, you know, I love supporting people to expand and grow their business and identify new opportunities. It's what really lights me up, and I never, ever thought I'd say that because... Um, my my journey has evolved so much over the six years and I worked on love and relationship topics, on money, on um, mindset, on lots of different things. But for me, business is my sweet spot now. And I think what I bring to the conversation around business coaching, which is different, is consciousness. So it's like, how can we build these really successful businesses that are very financially rewarding as well? and do it in a really conscious, mindful way where we feel in alignment with ourselves and we are tuned in to our deeper sense of mission and purpose and what we're supposed to be doing here on the earth. Just let's dive into the woo straight away. Um, And how can we feel really good in the process? Because, you know, I think many of you who are listening probably still work in corporate careers and um, other people's businesses. And there's this work hard, work harder, strive mentality that you've probably come across with your clients so often. This kind of belief that we have to work really, really hard to be successful. And I think many people in the corporate world have that belief system and are driving their success from that place. And actually then when you pause and start your own career, often you transfer those belief systems to this new business and it's certainly what I did. And I was burning myself out after two years, just like in the same situation as I used to burn out in the corporate world. So for me, the primary, I suppose, objective of running a business now is how can we be tuned into ourselves as I've said conscious about our behaviors the way that we're showing up in our businesses the way that we're managing people the way that we're leading how can we be authentic how can we operate in a a state of alignment so everything feels like effortless effort that was my big intention for 2019 was how can my career and life feel effortless like how can it be effortless effort so yeah so that's what I'm doing now and I I work with people in a one-to-one, I work with high-profile CEOs and leaders and talent and then I work with um, small business owners, entrepreneurs and creatives in smaller intimate group coaching environments and then I have two online courses. Um, so it's bizarre and I think you've probably been on a similar journey it's like we start off being practitioners and refining our skills and getting these incredible toolboxes together full of amazing tools like hypnotherapy and meditation and mindfulness and then we end up being marketeers in in a digital marketing era and we're scaling and we're recruiting people into our amazing experiences so so yeah in a a long-winded way that's who I am now Amazing. I love the idea of effortless effort. And I think everyone can relate to that that sense of life feeling more pressure than ever before, going at greater speed than ever before. And so much of the business advice you hear is about hustling and pushing yourself and, you know, how to survive on four hours sleep. Yeah. And so to, to bring in the consciousness and the heart, I think, is such an important part of it. I think you just touched on something really powerful. And I'd love to give an, an example to people who are listening. Um, have you read the book, The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind? No. Okay, if you haven't, it's a really good book, actually. Yeah. It's by T. Harvecker. You can get it on Audible. And it, I'm as you know, I'm really into talking about money and helping people enhance their relationship with money. It's a great book and there's some amazing insights in there. But throughout the book, he's constantly telling people to work harder for this money. You know, if you have an intention around um, turning over a million pounds, then you just got to go for it. You got to work 12 hour days, 14 hour days. And it's really interesting because his book was written, I think, in the 90s or like the it must have been the 90s, you know, when the hustle energy was still around. So I think, yeah, and that still exists, as you say, like, how can we survive, especially in the in the digital marketing arena, right? In Even in the world of coaching and wellness, there are lots of coaches out there who really go for it, they hustle. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely, yeah, definitely see a lot of that. Um, but it's nice to hear about how there can be a different, a different way of being. Um, 
I suppose that leads me on to my next question, which is about flow. Because yeah. I know this is something you talk a lot about. And I remember it might have been you who years ago first introduced me to this idea of flow and being in flow. And at the time I thought, this is just, I can't, I can't understand this. This, this is, is not my way of operating. And I've now come to understand and see that it's the way to be. But can you explain what that is for of people that course, don't know? Of course I will. But first of all, I just want to say to everyone listening, you know, Chloe is just someone I admire so much because I've just seen you transform so much on this amazing journey. And to be like this powerful business leader who you are now has just been amazing. Because I was reflecting on when we first met in Shoreditch House. You, I don't know if you remember. Mm, yeah, we met yeah. in Shoreditch House and we were like super early in the wellness scene. There weren't that many other people around like wanting to have this conversation about well-being. And we met and it was like this really cool connection. And then I've just really watched you grow. So I'm just really proud of you. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Um, flow state, yes. Um, is this a hippy-dippy term or is this actually something real? Okay, I'll give you guys another book recommendation. And for you, Chloe, if you haven't read this yet, it's a really super good book. The book is called Stealing Fire. And it's basically about how maverick scientists, Silicon Valley CEOs and Navy SEALs revolutionize the way that we live and work. And it's got references to Google in there. And it's got references to some really amazing companies who talk about this flow state. The two authors of the book, Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler, their aim is to demystify this ambivalent or amb ambiguous, let's say, uh, gray area of what is the flow state. Like, what is it? What does it mean? And in essence, to me, um, I'm a very kind of, uh, I suppose, spiritual person. And I believe in energy and I believe in um, alignment, as I've, I probably said the word alignment about 10 times already. But it's like being in your flow state is when um, like this this sense of effortlessness, spaciousness, and no mind, so the absence of thought, and infinite possibilities are available to us. So you could say it's the present moment, right? You know that feeling when you're in such a present place where you've just, you glimpse this feeling that everything's possible. And That's it, my favorite feeling. You've just come out of the jungle, so feeling. you know what that feels like, <laughs> right? It's like, for a minute, you're in the cosmos and you've just got access to everything. Everything's possible. That, for me, epitomizes the flow state. And um, Jamie Wheeler, Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler are trying to put science behind this because it is this, I suppose it is a, a place of presence where you're tapped into this sense of infinite intelligence and um, what I call kind of divergent thinking. So in meditation, um, we talk a lot about the science of meditation and, and how it promotes divergent thinking, which is in effect like new original creative thought. So you know the idea that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about a lot in her books about how there's never a new idea, we're just rehashing ideas constantly. Totally, but also you'll me and you could have the same idea but it will be totally different because it's delivered through your personality and your amazing radiance and if i had the same idea it would be completely different as well so i do feel like there's this place that we can tap into that's all about original creative thought quick example when i did my first digital course launch um, proper one, like the ones before were just a mess. But this, this one, I was like, I didn't have a clue about Facebook advertising or how to build an audience or anything. And I meditated for an hour and I really asked my higher self. So my, you guys might refer to this as like your, I don't know, like wise self or I don't know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But I tuned into my higher self, like this higher sense of wisdom. And I was like, how do I launch this program? Tell me. And the message I got was like, you, um, like it was so prescriptive. You know, I just run a competition to win a, a coaching program with me. You re revisit that list of like 1,500 people and you email everyone and you say, hey, I'm organizing a, um, a free call I'm going to talk about um, you you having a successful business this year are you in and I got like 50 emails back I got those people on calls and I did this like mad like organic successful launch the first time round and I would not have done that had I not been tuned into my alignment and flow state and my 
wisdom. Because I'd have just freaked out. I'd have gone on Instagram where I was probably bombarding my Instagram audience with far too many messages at the time. I would have like freaked out. But this time I was like, no, I'm just going to slow down, tune in. I'm going to see what insight wants to come through on a marketing level. Why not? Let's see. And yeah, it's really interesting when you tune in. That's amazing. And I think that's what people don't necessarily know about meditation. They think it's about relaxation or they think it's about you know, trying to be less stressed, but there's this other dimension of actually becoming more intuitive, listening to your, yeah, I would probably call it like the inner wisdom or something, listening to your inner wisdom, and you get answers and clarity from things like meditation. Yeah. So I love that story. Exactly. It's very inspiring. Um, do you have, when, when people, I mean, I suppose, is meditation a way to get in flow then? Are there other things that you would suggest for people that want to have more of that expansive, like anything's possible uh, mindset? Yeah. I'm an avid meditation practitioner, as are you. We've been doing it a long time. I've been meditating, I was saying to someone yesterday, probably once at least or twice a day, every day for the past eight and a half years. And absolutely, that is like my meditation practice has evolved over the years um, so much that, you know, obviously I don't need guided meditations now. I'm just very tuned into myself. Um, So absolutely, I have the ability and I really want to, put this in a step-by-step process, but I haven't figured out how yet, but I've got the ability to switch from the present state to um, my mind, to the present state to my mind quite effortlessly. It feels really interesting. It's almost like, oh, I'm in the present moment now and I'm feeling all the space behind me and it feels like it's so super expansive. And then I know instantly when I'm in my mind as well. So yeah, absolutely meditation is a primary way you can get into the flow state it takes practice like you probably tell your clients every day meditation is not something you can master overnight sadly we live in a quick fix consumer society so everyone just wants a quick fix but it's it's something that you have to practice so yeah that's one thing i feel like i was hiking table mountain you know a few weeks ago and i was like and i just got to this ledge on the mountain up the mountain where you could just see cape town and it just was so amazing and it was just one of those moments where you're like, oh, wow, I'm alive. <laughs> um, and you probably had loads of those in the jungle. Like, I'm alive. Like, how lucky am I to be alive on this planet at this time? And that put me instantly in flow state, you know. Um, that was insane and amazing and very, very cool. Something else that's just popped in that's, I guess, more practical, which will help people. <laughs> you know, we spend so much of our day being out of our alignment and out of this inner wisdom connection that you just said we're so often in the in the in the mind i would say even me i'm probably 65 to 70% in my spiritual connection towards the day and then the rest i'm just in my head worrying or stressing so when i get in my head and i start worrying or stressing my go to tool is to note first of all to notice what's going on And then I go into, okay, I accept that my mind is active right now. I just accept it. That's cool. I accept that my mind's active right now. Because you're not trying to change anything. You're literally being aware and accepting that, oh yeah, my mind's going mad and it's activated and lots of programs and thoughts are coming up. I accept that. Um, And then for those of you listening who find that a bit too much of an ask, because then in that moment your mindset might say to you yeah but how can you accept it I then almost like counterbalance that with and I accept what I can't accept about this as well (laughs) (laughs) and when you go into acceptance as you know you go right back into the flow state straight away and if that doesn't work uh, a tool that my friend taught me a few days ago is like self-approval so it's like if you're if you're noticing the mind's getting really active and pulling you out of your alignment and your creativity and your manifestation powers and all of that, you notice that that's happening again and you go into a sense of approval. So I approve that this is what's happening. I approve of this. So I've given you three tools there. It really depends what word works for you because the word approval might trigger you like it did for me for ages or the word acceptance might trigger you. So like with everything, find what resonates and then leave what what doesn't resonate. 
So, yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is there's, there's a sense of kind of noticing what's happening and also not resisting it or fighting it, but kind of bringing some acceptance and love, I suppose, mm, to that. Mm. And um, I'm always saying to people, what we resist persists. I'm sure totally. Carl Jung said that. Totally. Um, and if we resist it and push it away, it just makes it 10 times worse. And a lot of our suffering is caused by us resisting stuff. Totally so I love agree. that. I, I love totally that agree. Tool. Thank you. <laughs> Um, can we talk about money? Definitely. This, I love talking about money. <laughs> because it's almost like, I mean, even in 2020, it's still a taboo to yes. talk about money. Yes. It's still something that it's a bit awkward to talk about, even with our friends. Totally. And it's the biggest thing we argue about with our partners. It's the biggest thing that we worry about. And yet we don't talk about it. Yeah. And we don't get taught about, taught about it at, at school. Can you tell us a bit about your your approach and your thoughts on this topic of course of course of course first of all i love talking about money it's taken me a few years to say that though i'll be honest you know i i like everyone listening had a, a certain childhood experience with money and parents worrying about money and stressing about money even though we had money as a family so fast forward to now and the way that you um, interacted with your family around money has impacted you in this moment and has created this, I call it a blueprint. So a blueprint basically is a pattern of uh, behaviors or belief systems that you then operate from in this moment. And money, like you said, it's one of the biggest topics. And I think from all my experience, and I've been work, I've been running, I was thinking about this the other day, I've been running workshops on money for, I think, four years. Um, and two years ago, or maybe 18 months ago, was the first time I put all of my learnings and tools and teachings into an online course called Magnificent Money, which we as a team and as a business launch once a year. And yeah, it's amazing. The appetite for it's huge, like, so many people want to enroll in this program but the interesting thing is you know it brings all of your stuff up to the surface like I'm not going to say it doesn't it's uh, one of those programs that I had an intention and I suppose it, the clues in the name how can we be magnificent around money so of course when you as a teacher have the intention <coughs> to launch a course that is called Magnificent Money, someone enrolls and what shows up immediately is everything that's in the way between where they are now and where, and their, and their sense of magnificence around money, basically. So I end up taking people through this program that is uh, really powerful and very transformational. And around unit three, every time there's like 10 units or 12 units to this program, around unit three every time is like the toughest week for people. And I don't know if you've ran many online courses, but it's really interesting because everybody starts going, Jody, this isn't working. Oh my gosh, like da 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 da. And I'm like, hold tight. Unit three, this always happens. And without fail, the next week they've moved through it and they're in this new space and they feel more positive about it. So, yes. I love talking about money. I think there's no reason why we shouldn't in our society. We need to. It's like it's like the conversation around sex and around intimacy and around guilt and shame associated with that. Like it's the conversation. There's so many conversations that we need to have and money's definitely one of them. And um, I was reflecting on this yesterday because I'm recruiting for um, my intimate group coaching programs at the moment and I've got loads of calls of people about that. And you probably witnessed this, but like, you know, it's a great call. And then at the end, we have the money chat. <laughs> and for me... Awkward. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, I really like going into the discomfort of that. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. like... I probably a bit... I probably freak people out because I'm so, like, in a happy place when we come to that, come to that chat. So they're like, at the end of the call... And I'm like, so let's talk about the practicalities of this programme. Let's talk about the investment, actually. Let's talk about the investment. Okay, let's talk about it. And then I say, okay, so to work with me consistently in this program, it's a six-month program. You get 24 hours of coaching with me, which is a lot. You get a lot of, you know, one-to-one -one intimate time with me in the group. And it's this amount of money. And, and then I just take a nice deep breath in and I just stop talking. And I hold space. And I witness they'll either go, okay, that's cool. Or they'll go, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go, can you tell me what just came up for you then? Because that was mm. interesting. And then I give them permission to go into the discomfort. 
and I'll say something like usually, do you know what? This is my favorite part of the call, actually. I love talking about money because we need to. And you know what's amazing, Chloe, and I'm sure you've experienced this. The, the, when you get someone in a transactional conversation, when you're talking about money, it's such a massive experience for growth because it just brings all your stuff up to the surface straight away. And if you don't have those transactional conversations, you don't get the opportunity to heal and transform all of the barriers that are in the way of you investing in your business, in this case, and your career and your own self-development. And you as a business owner and everyone who's listening, who either in a career or, or business owners, we need to be investing into ourselves to expand and grow, especially business owners, because if you're not investing in yourself to expand and grow, then you're not able to build your platform and you're not able to really um, do this amazing work on a on a mass on a mass scale that we're supposed to be doing. So um, yeah, so it's about like going into into these experiences that help you with money and what you know here's the thing my business has grown really um in an interesting way and um for me you know i'm not a social media influencer that's never where i was meant to be but i am a business owner and entrepreneur and i've watched um, myself scale financially over the years and i've taken some really really big jumps financially speaking and um yeah, I've been able to unlock those financial opportunities in my audience. And that's all well and good, but you have to um, do your do work on your current mindset and current thinking to be able to get you to that next level. Because if you have an intention of being a millionaire, and I, I know that word might trigger some of you on the court on the who are listening, but for me, it's just a tangible goal, right? It's just easy to say, oh, yes, okay, a million pounds. To me, it's not about having the million pounds in the bank, actually. It's about who you are as a millionaire, who you are as a powerful entrepreneur with way more resources to then give back to the world, invest in causes you're really passionate about, Amazonian tribes, whatever it is, and be a really powerful conscious leader with much more availability and resources to do good stuff, basically. So for me, it's like, as a millionaire, who are you? What are the decisions that you make? How are you showing up in the world? How confident do you feel? What are your thoughts? And we're on this journey as human beings of expansion. We're born for expansion. Some of us get really stuck in in the, I suppose, the worry and the fear. Um, and it takes us a little bit longer to kind of get out of that, to get onto a, a path of expansion. Some of us expand through the fear and the pain. That's cool. But it's like, you know, as an expansive person, our, our our spiritual sense, our inner wisdom is 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 on a mission to grow and expand as a powerful person. So money helps you do that. Yeah. And yet it's something that so many people have a kind of dirty association with. I hear from people all the time, I wish money just didn't exist. I know. Um, or I, a lot of fellow kind of therapists will say, I hate charging money I feel like I should be giving this away for free I know you know we hear all the time about how how difficult it is for women to particularly in the initial negotiation at a new job to ask for enough money and that sets them back throughout their whole career potentially because they're not getting paid the right amount in that initial negotiation totally totally um, so it is it is something that holds us back yeah. and it is about expansion as you say rather than um, something dirty, but we do get that message, don't we, that it is. Totally, I totally agree. And I think as a as a business leader, you and I both have this responsibility to get really comfortable with our value and self-worth and confident in that space because when we are, the people that come and work with us will feel that and they'll be, I suppose, more excited by the idea of investing in themselves to grow and like we have to keep doing that to grow like we, we can't if if you if if you said yes to clients to come and work with you for free you'd feel super drained the client wouldn't be able to receive the work the amazing work that you're offering because in a on a subconscious level or on a mental level we need to have this transactional component where you know because money was invented for transaction so it's like I'm coming to see you for a hypnotherapy session and a coaching session. You're going to help me transform 
But if I don't give you the money for that, then I'm not going to fully be able to receive the work that you've given me. So I'll walk away and, and I'll see a friend and they'll be like, how was that session? And I'll, I'll be like, yeah, it was, it was all right. Versus if I've given you um, a certain amount of money for your experience, I've, I'll treasure that. Like I'll invest into you, I'll treasure that. And so what I'll get back will be like a, a reciprocation of my energy. Does that make sense? That is, a, I think, a very common phenomenon. And I've, I've kind of, people, friends of mine who've started off doing coaching or something, I've said, be careful about giving people free sessions, totally. like friends of friends, that totally. sort of thing, because they don't, in, they're not so committed and invested, they're more likely to not show up, they're yeah. less likely to get results. And it is about that exchange of energy that is powerful I think totally you know um what I've noticed which is really interesting and this this is probably going to trigger a lot of people but this is good we need to be you know asking people to go out of their comfort zone with this conversation so um on a one-to-one level I, I work with high profile people a small amount of them because I really want to help them drive themselves forward and their businesses forward and um, it's a six month program. It's it's a big investment to work with me for six months. And, and some people pay up front and it's like this chunk of money comes in, which is amazing. But the transformation they then have a week later is, is miraculous. And actually, I'll give you an example. I work with this amazing award-winning TV producer who's now set up a coaching business as well. So she's doing both. And she paid me up front at the end of last year and she left me a voice note about a week later and she said, wow, Jodie, I've just pitched myself in as a creative consultant. I've doubled my rate, so I can't imagine what, what the rate was. I've just doubled my rate because I'm like, why not? I've got nothing to lose. They've signed it off. So I've literally just made back the investment that I've made in you in like in two months, you know? So it was, or even a month's time. I can't remember what she said. I think it was about a month. So it's like, it's mad. Something happens when you make a big investment. These opportunities or inspirational um do- like these doors just open for you and suddenly you can see ways of making the money back that's such an interesting one isn't it i wonder if it links into kind of ad- identity like i am someone that invests in this amazing person that's going to take me to the next level and suddenly you're a person that does that exactly and that. It's like what other doors open up for you that's perfect that's mm. exactly it yeah you shift on a a, a, a being level like i would say you shift you go up. Danielle Laporte talks about this, actually. Danielle Laporte's a really powerful coach as well, guys. If you haven't heard of her, look her up. She's, she's really sassy and sexy. I like her. Um, so she says this a lot. As soon as you make that investment, your energy shifts up to the next level. So like you say, you then create opportunities that align with that higher vibration, let's say. This podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Therapy has massively helped me in the past to make sense of my thoughts and process my emotions. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counselling that's done securely online. This service is available for clients worldwide and BetterHelp matches you with a counsellor based on what it is that you want to work on and their expertise. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is also available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. And BetterHelp are doing a special offer for Karma You listeners. You get 10% off your first month. When you visit TryBetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, dot com forward slash karma you that url again try betterhelp.com forward slash karma you to get 10 percent off your first month's online counseling i love it i love it um is there anything for people who are listening to this um who are thinking that they want to have a better relationship with money is there like a first step that you would recommend people to do to start to look at that yes 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 a couple of things um do a little <laughs> honest money audit and what that means what that looks like is get out your journal and describe what your current money reality is so like for example i remember i was i you know when i was 18 19 i was in a lot of credit card debt and um i was just overspending a lot and i I hid from that for so many years because I was just in denial. That was what's going on. So doing a money audit 
helps you get really conscious about what your money behaviors are because you then see very plainly what you're currently creating in relation to money, which then tells you what your belief systems are. You know, you can then take good guesses as to what you're believing about yourself and money, because whatever you're believing about yourself and money is creating these money situations. So for example, if you are, like you said, I'll use your example, fearful of asking for a pay rise or fearful of asking for a, a, a certain salary that you, you're worthy of receiving uh you you know you might describe that in your journal as like right i'm you know when i ask for a salary i'm really afraid i'm really anxious you then might have a good guess and say oh i believe i'm not deserving of earning this money i, d I don't feel i'm worthy of earning, earning this money i don't feel i'm worthy in the world or whatever it is so just taking out a journal just describing what you're currently creating is a really really great first step um once a year, I run this money program and, you know, you can join uh, the challenge that I'll be running. I don't know when this is going to be. It's probably going to be later on in the year because we just finished the program and it was absolutely amazing. But you can go to my website and sign up to um, a toolkit that I've got at the moment, which is all about um, running a conscious business in 2020. And there are elements of financial management and um new financial mindset work in that toolkit so you can go and that's a really good place to start as well as the audit that you can just do today perfect and i'll put that link in the show notes for people as well um <clears throat> you mentioned just um in passing a moment ago about getting triggered and i think this is i, I think as human beings if we can get better at noticing our triggers noticing what's really going on that is such an important key to our healing and so often we get triggered and we think oh what are they talking about you know I don't like that that confidence about talking about money or whatever we're talking about people get triggered by sex money almost anything people all of us yeah we get we get triggered by people <laughs> yes. all the time right <laughs> can you can you can you go into that a little bit about triggers and how yeah. to just watch out for them and totally. what we should do about that totally totally you know it's so easy to start judging. I'm going to use people as an example because it's, I mean, yes, topics like you say, but people, because I think so many people can relate to people triggering you, especially yeah. on Instagram, let's say, the world that we, we are in at the moment. So when you get triggered by someone, it's not about them, even though we want it to make, we want to make it about them. We want to project onto them. We want them to know that they're operating in a certain way or acting in a certain way that isn't cool or whatever whatever it is um but it's really not about them it's really not about them it's about you and what that person is triggering in you is this unresolved topic or unresolved aspect of yourself that you haven't integrated in yourself like the goal of a human being is fulfillment let's say it's whole being whole and we go through childhood and we go through experiences and we go through trauma and and every time we experience something we kind of pop out of ourselves in a way so like come to the present moment now we're kind of we're here but we're not fully here which is why we can't all be 100% present all the time so um so we we're really good at attracting people in at the right time to trigger us to show us like a mirror these parts of ourselves that we haven't looked at yet that, that are unresolved so for me in that moment and listen I am not a pro at this by any means like I still encounter people who trigger me um, and yet I'm getting better and better at recovery so like if someone's triggering me I'll take a bit of a step back and I'll be like I take a nice deep breath in and even if my inner teenage self is like who the, do they think they are da, 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 da. like I'll be like, whoa, calm down. Like, it's not about them. And I'll be like, what is it about them that triggers me? Oh, they are showing off or like, and this isn't, they're not even showing off, but this is what I think is going on. They're showing off. I connect into the part of me that is the show off. And I'll be like, okay, do you know what? There's a part of you that's a show off. So let's just unpack that a little bit, right? Um, you know what? I'm always so grateful for people triggering me. It might take me a few couple of days to get to that place, but I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful that this person is triggering me right now. I'm so grateful that I've 
created this experience where we can face each other. This is amazing, right? And that, as you know, gratitude is really powerful. That's enough to shift it. Now, if the person is a conscious person, spiritual person, is open to hearing about it, and like spiritual people are not always <laughs> open to facing this, but I've had it a few times where I've actually just called it out with the person. Um, I've, and I've had a few times where I've tried to call out with the person and they're just not having any of it because I'm triggering them that much. And I trigger so many people. I'm so aware I trigger people enormously because I'm constantly inviting people to step out of their comfort zone. So sometimes I'll have a call with people and I can tell they just want to slap my face and I'll be like, you just want to slap me right now, don't you? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, because I can tell by your body language. But it's cool. It's, I'm as like, I'll say to them, look, I'm here as a mirror for you. Like, and I, and it's fine if you want to slap me, you'll overcome that emotion very quickly. It's just your part, fight or flight, wanting to defend yourself basically. Anyway, Mm -hmm. digress slightly, but my point is, if I was connecting with you and, and you were triggering me, first of all, I know it's not you. So I'd say, hey, you know what? There's something coming up in me right now. I know it's not your stuff. I know it's my stuff, but I want to vocalize it. Is that okay? And a lot of the time people will be like, yeah, because they'll feel they'll feel something as well from me. Um, and we, ju- we would just have a 10 minute conversation and it's cleared. And sometimes that's all it takes. But, you know, listen, it it's not easy to kind of ring people up and say can we meet and have an open hearted conversation about you're triggering me right now like people don't want to face it um but i think the more we have these kind of conversations hopefully the more people will be willing to face their stuff a bit more i love it and i think how powerful to be able to to uh, to face stuff and to be open because otherwise it just gets shoved underground where it continues to fester and hold us back and how many friendships get ruined by the fact that we don't have the courage to be able to actually tell people what's going on. But it takes on. courage, yeah. doesn't it, Chloe? And it's like, I don't know about you, I find it harder to do it with friends, actually. If people, if I come across people, that's quite fine. But sometimes friendships, if you, especially if they're old, historical friendships, as part of you doesn't want to like lose this person. So you're like, oh my God, if I have it, out, have it out with this person, are they going to run the other direction and mm. I don't want that so like you say it takes a lot of courage such a such a juicy topic though thank you for sharing about that <laughs> my pleasure so yeah just inviting people listening just to really notice you know are you getting triggered by something can you explore what's going on for you what are you suppressing in yourself that you're perhaps actually just projecting onto the other person <laughs> um I wanted to ask you about consciousness hacking because yeah. I listened to your latest podcast and I was extremely interested in what you were sharing. Uh-huh. What is consciousness hacking? Okay, so it's a it's fairly new term, especially in the UK and in Europe, and I am literally beginning to open up conversations about this. So I'm not the expert in consciousness hacking, but I do recognise that I've been a consciousness hacker for the last eight years, like you, Chloe. It's like we understand that we're human beings and we've got stuff going on that we need to work through and need to face and need to clear out of the way so that we can um, be a clear, I call it like a channel for our message, let's say. And we're on this quest to find new and innovative ways to do that. So um, earlier this year, I relaunched my podcast. Uh, it's called Be Electric. And I got a, a, I got a download in a plant medicine ceremony about this, just so that you know. Um, and, um, and it was very much about this conversation about high performance and human performance needs to be out there more. So how can you be the channel for that work? And it was really interesting because at the time I was really all about women and like female entrepreneurs and all of that and I'm a member of the Albright Club in London which is an all women's club and I was championing that but it wasn't lighting up my soul (laughs) you know it was exciting but as soon as I started to feel into this conversation about expansion and um, doing lots of things in your life to hack consciousness or open yourself up more as a as a, a spiritual being as a healthy clean version of yourself that really excited my soul I think this is part of me that's just like listen I'm a bit of a pioneer I think I was having these kind of spiritual woo conversations about eight years ago when people in London were not ready to hear it and I was trying to be the translator from like the spiritual ethereal etheric scene 
I'm being like I'm talking to more of a mainstream audience. Obviously now everyone's into it in some way, shape or form, or at least meditation. But there's still this educational need to inspire people to do things like bulletproof coffee and intermittent fasting and um, biohacking. I'm actually interviewing a doctor, a scientist on biohacking um, on Monday and plant medicine and psychedelic research and all these amazing things that are going on on a global level to help with the transformation of mental health conditions. And, you know, it's a very innovative field um, and there's a lot of science to back it up. So uh, when I was thinking about consciousness, ha consciousness hacking and flow state and biohacking, all these like high performing things that get talked about in that book, Stealing Fire, that's why I mentioned it. You know, it's all about how can we perform at our highest in our lives and our businesses. And Silicon Valley CEOs who are very innovative, they're coming up with really cool new tech platforms, left, right and center and all, all of that. They've been doing consciousness hacking and biohacking and um, anti-aging techniques and, um, you know, brain wave like they do meditation in a very scientific way where they hook you up to a machine and they do like different kind of brain wave um, programs to get you there faster like they're hacking consciousness all the time and when I was in LA two years ago I kept sitting across the the, the table from people I talked to everyone as you can imagine and people kept coming and sitting next to me and they kept saying to me have you heard about microdosing and I was like no what is that and they're like it's you know using a small amount of some kind of plant medicine or psychedelic to hack into this subconscious part that we can't always access. And I'm like, doesn't meditation do that? Yeah, but this is different. I'm like, okay. So I started like, it piqued my interest a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I started being really interested in all of this. And like I said, at the beginning of this answer, I felt like I'd been consciousness hacking in some way, shape or form for the whole eight year period since I, drank ayahuasca in the jungle it was like I, I was my soul was like constantly trying to find like whether it's a crystal whether it's bulletproof coffee whether it is um you know microdosing whether it is a uh, tree hugging like, I don't know and, and uh, you know jumping out of a plane I don't know what it is but I was constantly on this quest to like figure out ways to expand my mind and and not even just that but like I just did a skydive a few weeks ago it was the most interesting experience I've ever done on a mental level because I wasn't afraid, which was quite bizarre. I got up in the plane with a guy. We jumped out of the plane and we free we free fell for 47 seconds. And, and it's like, you're completely out of control. There's, there's nothing to grab onto, right? So we were just tumbling for 45 seconds. My mind was freaking out because it was like, well, I've got no way of protecting Jodie. What's going on? <gasps> we're going to die, you know, like... And, and what happened, I feel, and I haven't talked to a neuro neuroscientist about this yet, but I want to, it scrambled my brain. It scrambled the programming. I promise you, when I landed, my body was like pumped full of adrenaline. I went to bed the next morning, I felt different. I was just diff a different person. I was like, I feel braver. I'm like, really not. Like my level of fear is just, got I mean, listen, I'm still afraid in certain situations. I'm still triggered, obviously. I feel bold. It was like this. Sh so, if it feel if what I'm saying appeals, maybe go and do a skydive. Like my I don't hands know. are sweating slightly at just the thought of jumping out of a plane. Maybe that's a sign I need to do. <laughs> Like, we'll do oh it together. <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. There is so there is something about doing something that's so kind of scary that actually everything else just seems fine. I remember when I started singing in public, public speaking became fine because singing is so much more wow, nerve-wracking. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, yeah. I got I've got into karaoke of late, um, but I love that. Um, so so okay. So the bulletproof coffee. Yeah. I know you'd, you've taken some cold baths or cold oh, ice showers. Baths. Yeah, yes. yeah, totally, totally. So um, this is a really interesting story. Mm. Um, basically, uh, two years ago, my friend Perry, who's a very successful entrepreneur in his own right, 
in the hairdressing industry. And he is an extremist, like almost like the male version of me, but more of an extremist than I am. Like he's a, he just pushes boundaries every day. He, two years ago, got into this guy called Wim Hof, who is a pioneer. He's got 21 world records for swimming under ice and for sitting in cold baths. And he's been injected with uh, bacterial infections and hooked up in science laboratories. And he's proven that his techniques can boost his immune system and fight off um, diseases and illnesses. It's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, Perry was talking to me about Wim Hof and how he was having cold showers and how he was actually going to build this um, ice tank upon his uh, roof that you could, you know, like a submerged, Tony Robbins has got one, but you could submerge yourself in. And then um, it was like cold water therapy. I was not interested whatsoever. That was like, for me, the furthest thing from my mind. I was like, I mean, I'm not interested in having a cold shower. That's awful. Like, why would you do that? Uh, And there's a breathing technique that goes with it. So he was telling us about how he could hold his breath for like 10 minutes or something mad and do 20 sit-ups at the same time. Like, And I was just like, that's crazy. Anyway, forgot about that conversation. And then um, in October last year, I'm working with this indigenous tribe uh, doing plant medicine ceremony. And this old friend of mine runs over to me and she's like, oh my God, Jodie, it's so nice to see you. And I was like, cool, like, what are you doing now? She's like, well, I'm doing transformational breathing now, actually. But not only that, I've trained in Wim Hof and I'm taking my clients through ice therapy. I'm like, oh, what? She's like, yeah, they all have an ice bath. We go on retreat, they have ice baths as part of the program. I'm like, that sounds cool. Ooh, interesting. Forgot about the conversation. Then I'm getting the downloads in the plant medicine ceremony about relaunching the podcast and it's all about human performance. I was like, okay, cool. Two weeks after the plant medicine ceremony, Wim Hof's team emailed me. Hi, Jodie, um, Wim Hof's in town. Uh, do you want to interview him? I was like, uh, yes. I didn't yeah. even think about it. Yes, of course I do. Sent it to my team. I was like, get in touch with his PR. We're doing this. So on the Friday, I was there interviewing Wim Hof. And he's a he's a big energy. Like he's a, you know, he's friends with all these Hollywood actors. He's a powerful energy. So I, I really had to like... I meditated the night before. I was like, how do I show up to this interview? Because I imagine people who are interviewing him have just got like a list of questions and they want to, you know, ask him and it's all mental. I was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to show up in my being. So I'm going to show up as his equal, actually, on a being level. So what I mean by that is like I'm, I'm in my power. Right. So we did that. And he we connected in this really high, powerful level. He got me. He felt me straight away. Um, and it was a really powerful exchange. And even though the interview is pretty crazy because <laughs> he's a mad, mad Dutch scientist type, it was amazing. <laughs> so I was like, the bar is raised now. Like, this is amazing. So um, I, after that interview, after we recorded it, like the end of towards the end of last year, October, t- it was more the end of October. I just started having cold showers because I was like, I think I started having it before we we had the interview because I wanted to like talk a little bit about it and started having cold showers and it just it became a thing and it's really weird I never thought I would be that person that has cold showers now I'm in there for 10 minutes I wash my hair in cold water I don't often have hot showers anymore and it's I did an ice bath as well at the in when I was living in Cape Town this uh, early this year and uh, that was quite crazy I mean I want to explore that further that's really hard, actually. I'm not going to say, even though I've been doing the breathing and having cold showers, actually submerging yourself in an ice bath, it really takes your breath away. And it's like, you know, you've really got to find that inner space in yourself when you're in that place. So yeah, I'd really encourage anyone that's listening. Um, I actually just ran a uh, 20-day cold shower challenge on one of my Facebook groups. And that was really cool. And loads of people have taken cold showers now because of that. And it's boosts your immune system, you know, especially weirdly in the winter because you're just like on the cusp of having a cold a lot of the time. It bo- it gives your immune, it, might, must, it must shock your immune system somehow, but it boosts your immune system. And so your immune system becomes powerful. And um, I mean, there's loads of scientific research on what else it does. It's good for anti-aging as well. And it wakes you up. So I'll, have, I'll do that in the morning. Then I'll come out and I'll make my bulletproof coffee. And uh, yeah, it's just the combination of the two is like. <gasps> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. I did go through a phase of trying it, and then I start to think, why am I doing this to myself? But you've inspired me to get back into the it. Breathing is key. Yeah. So you're standing there. Yeah. 
It doesn't even matter if you don't have the breathing technique down. Just take some deep breaths, regular breaths. Don't forget, because the moment you stop, as you know, when... Mm. <laughs> then you're like slopping the cold water ah. on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think aside from the immune system stuff, I've heard that, that doing something like that is a form of healthy risk where you're doing something a bit challenging, you're doing something outside of your comfort zone, you're doing something that's going to make the rest of your day easier and and give you the motivation to do other things because you've done something so challenging. That's what my intention is. You've just completely summed it up in the most perfect way. That's my intention this year. Mm. How can I inspire people to go out of their comfort zone and okay yes they're not going to want to jump out of a plane they're not necessarily going to you know you guys listening you're not necessarily going to want to go in the jungle and do plant medicine you're not necessarily going to want to go and jump out of the plane but what's your version of that because like you just said so perfectly it's like if we can do one thing every day that sets the tone for the day and it's like it kind of like pushes us everything else is like easy yeah so get on the get on the cold showers everyone <laughs> Um, we're going to run out of time, but I did really want to ask you about plant medicine because I know that you've been, you talk about this in your book. Um, you've been open about, you know, it played an important role in, you know, your spiritual awakening, if you will. Um, can you speak a little bit about that and your experience with it? Totally, yeah. Um, so that you guys know, I'm sharing my story um, and, you know, you must feel whether it's right for you to ever go and take it. And I'm here to say, <laughs> I've rehearsed this so many times because I've spoken about it so many times. You know, I, I'm not taking any responsibility for you guys feeling, feeling inspired and then going having, having an experience in the jungle. It's your experience to have. However, I'm very very cool with sharing my story like it's important so um yeah uh, eight and a half years ago and I'm, I'll be brief because this is a story but eight and a half years ago I was traveling around South America um a friend told me about plant medicine and I ended up just kind of feeling very guided to just book a book a, a place on this retreat and I was in Peru at the time I went on this retreat there was a, an amazing mix of people doing it with me and I I didn't know what I was doing I did no research which is typical me but I jumped into this experience feet first and I drank ayahuasca seven times in a 12-day period now it's a powerful psychoactive brew. Um, Chloe knows a lot about this as well, but it's like, it's something that the indigenous people have been using for hundreds of years. And um, it's a sacred way of transformation and healing. And it has the ability to open up your subconscious and, and, and make you face stuff that you haven't faced yet in your life. At the time I was um, struggling with bulimia, like it was really affecting me, but I was in complete denial and I had many other, many other addictions going on as well. And so I needed this experience, like I needed it, but it wasn't only to heal my addictions, it was actually to show me that there was another way of having a career and doing great work in the world that wasn't selling in ad campaigns to people. Um, and uh, yeah, and after that experience, I completely changed my life and it took me years to fully understand it I'll be honest I was you know I was complete I didn't even meditate when I went into the jungle I was I went from zero to like a hundred in 12 days it was a complete slap around the face and a radical awakening and I was definitely not the same person when I came out by any means but it took me a few years to understand the experience and um, changed my whole life like no question and what's interesting about that is that I drank plant medicine again uh, for the first time since I drank it the first time eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now. And um, I drank it last year and there were people there I was talking to about my experience and I was saying, you know, wow, like, I mean, it got me off addiction. It got me off lots of things. It, and they were like, I've been drinking ayahuasca for three years and I've, I'm still addicted to this, this and this and this. So very much this plant medicine experience is very much, it gives you what you need and it might it might not support you to heal what you what you're most wanting to heal until you've worked with it for a few ceremonies you know it gives you what you need rather than what you think you need and i think i'm very kind of careful to say that there are many other ways that we can go through transformational experiences without needing to go into the jungle and putting ourselves through that because you've just come out of a very powerful and intense experience as well like it's intense I'm not going to sit here and say, it's amazing. 
amazing. It's so easy. It's a walk in the park. <laughs> oh my gosh. All your visions are realized, you know. It's, it's very intense. intense. The jungle is alive in every sense. And yeah. you have that experience very viscerally. Totally. Um, yeah. Like the first day I arrived in, the, in Peru, in, the, in my experience, I was walking along the jungle path. Someone went, oh, don't move, don't move. And a, a poisonous black furry caterpillar had landed on the back of my shirt. They had to go over to it, get like special things to get it off. They said if that would have stung you or bitten you, you'd probably be in like some kind of crazy shock. So it's a dangerous place. Yeah. So yeah, it's not an easy experience to go through. But listen, I've just interviewed one of the world experts on plant medicine. He's a psychiatrist doctor. He does a lot of research in um, psychedelics and he's in the States and he's tuned into plant medicine, experimentation and science, um, medical studies at the moment. So that, um, there's a lot of studying going on with the plant medicine, with plant medicine and uh, with ayahuasca and um, iboga and um Peyote and San Pedro and all the plant medicines that are available. There's a lot of research going on at the moment and it's really powerful. There are new laws being passed in the States. There is, you know, it's going to be available to us. But the thing that we need to understand is that, you know, it's um, it's a limited resource. Plant medicine is a limited resource. It's a plant, but if people start wanting to do it, a lot of it, then it'll just be harvested, over-harvested, just like we're seeing in the oceans with all the fish at the moment. It will be over-harvested. So what um, scientists are doing are recreating a synthetic version of it um, and using it in scientific studies. So there's a lot of really interesting research going on at the moment. Um, so that excites me. It excites me to be able to uh, connect with highly intuitive, highly wise, shamanic, indigenous people um, in that we're very privileged to be able to do that because, um, you know, they, they don't need to come and interact with us, really. They've got a lot of good stuff going on in the jungle, but they're, they're coming out to help, to help us to wake up, to be more conscious. And I'm so grateful for that movement. It's really powerful. And yeah, it's still obviously very underground scene in the UK. And, um, you know, yeah, it's it's an interesting topic of, of conversation. But I am, yeah, I'm excited by it. I'm excited by it because of the ways it can be applied to combating mental health and helping war veterans. You know, 30 to 40 war veterans in the States commit suicide every day because they're not getting the help that they need. The opi- opioid phenomenon, and I hope I'm saying that right. You know, there's a documentary on Netflix at the moment called The Pharmacist. It's very, very interesting. Um, there's a huge, huge problem in the States at the moment with opioids, um, especially Oxycontin and Xanax. And people are hooked on these narcotic painkillers and they are overdosing left, right and centre. The statistics of the amount of peop- of teenagers and young adults overdosing on this drug and I know it's a legal drug, but it's a drug at the moment is ridiculous. I don't know what the statistics are in the UK, but it's crazy. And plant certain kinds of plant medicine can help you get off that level of narcotic, especially Iboga, which I haven't worked with. But it's for me fascinating that these two worlds are coming together and, and, and with the intention of doing really good work. And I really hope that as a society, Globally, we become conscious enough to allow these plant medicines more into our society so that it can they can continue to do the really, really good work that they're intended to do on the planet. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's such a fascinating topic. And yeah, I just really agree that I hope that it becomes more and more available legally in a safe way with therapists. They're doing studies even in London with psilocybin, which is, comes from mushrooms um, on on depression and found that it really can shift things for people but yeah. obviously we're not saying go out and find some mushrooms in the backyard <laughs> no, or anything it needs like to that be administered very carefully yeah chloe and i are talking about you know the purposes of scientific research and medical studies we could talk about that 
extensively, but, but I'd love to um, better wrap it up now and just ask you to share how people can find out more about you and what you're working on at the moment and where they can get involved, what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, so my uh, new positive daily habit is expansion. So I'm doing everything that I can to adhere to that habit. And um, the podcast Be Electric is absolutely perfectly designed to support that and give you guys the knowledge to get involved in ways that um, hack your consciousness and um, help you expand more on an energetic level without the woo you know (laughs) and uh, so the Be Electric podcast is out now um, and I have started this kind of I think it's going to end up being a movement it's called Fearless Friday and um, we're starting to invest a lot of energy and time into it as a team so every Friday uh, on YouTube channel which we're starting to build up and certainly Instagram and um, to my database every Friday I'm doing something that's sometimes a bit crazy and out there but sometimes super normal and something that you guys guys could could do ways to push us out of our comfort zone so how can you be fearless and um, do things that expand your mind so there's Fearless Friday you can follow me on Instagram at Jodie Shield um, and you can head to the website jodyshield.co.uk and yeah like we talked a lot about money in this in this podcast so you can um you can sign up to the toolkit for conscious business as I mentioned and you can get into um, understanding more about how I how I work as a coach and yeah and and that's it I've had such a great time with you today thank you thank you I feel really inspired thank you for everything you shared me too Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you gained a lot from this episode. Come on over to Instagram and let me know what are you taking from this episode. Find me at Chloe Brotheridge. And I would love it if you would leave me a review in the podcast app or in iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a rating. And is there someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast? You can let them know by sharing this podcast. I'd be so, so grateful. So I'm just wishing you a wonderful week ahead, sending you loads of love. Hopefully you'll tune in again and I'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.